It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. We are streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980, where I am frantically trying to get the graphics package together where I thought it already was. And so the right thing can be on the screen in case someone's like, hmm, do I want to do I want to take in the show today? Let's see what they're talking about with the graphic on the screen. And instead, I I don't have that available until until right now, when I now have been able to find the things, Anthony, that I need. Although as I look at your screen slash look over at you, you're trying to find the things you need. Basically, we did a bad job of being prepared for the start of the show today. That's a that's a, a group failure on our part which we own, um, that's okay. The rest of the show, I promise, will be better. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So here's what I want to do on the show today. Um, I, want to, I want to open up the phones to talk about this monumental sports move to Virginia because we didn't get a chance to do that at all yesterday. We had tremendous guests, um, and I would highly recommend listening to every single interview we did yesterday. If you did not get a chance to listen to the whole show, it's all available on YouTube at team 980 and at Craig Hoffman. Uh, it's on the Hoffman show podcast feed uh, at this point. I mean, technically you can rewind in the Odyssey app to the end of the show yesterday. It stays up for 24 hours at a time. So we are erasing yesterday as we go today. That is the nature of how 24 hours works. Um, but we had incredible insight on like the social and cultural sides of things, uh, as well as some history from Clinton Yates, who obviously lived in D.C. for 40 years and wrote for the Washington Post and D.C. Me- you know covered Metro on top of sports and all that kind of stuff. Um, we had like the true economics of it all with Andy Zimbalas. We had something that I am really proud of that we did because I think it's wound up being one of the more fascinating interviews we did yesterday. Adam Tuss from NBC4 was awesome. He's their transportation reporter, and he talked about how precarious the situation is for D.C. and and Alexandria's, uh, or really Alexandria's traffic and the metro side of this and why he is very uh, unconvinced that this is a final done deal because he's not 100% sure that some of the logistical hurdles that remain that certainly Monumental Sports is aware of and that the the state assembly is aware of in Virginia can actually be overcome. It's going to be difficult and it's going to cost money and where that money comes from is going to matter because do people downstate uh, in Virginia want to give more money to Northern Virginia? Probably not, at least not without some concessions, but that's politics, baby. So we'll see how that all goes. Um, so there's there were so many great guests that we had yesterday. Um Obviously, I've received all kinds of different feedback with, with my thoughts yesterday uh, to open the show. Some saying thank you for saying the thing that nobody else seems to be saying. Thank you for standing up for us, people that are in D.C. and to a lesser extent, but also certainly in Maryland, who are like, you know, D.C. is the center. D.C., like, we can, everyone can be happy if it comes closer to them, but like, if we're trying to be fair, D.C. is the center and that's where it should be. I got some feedback on that. I got a lot of people that were super angry and telling me to shut up and Ted Leonces can do whatever he wants. And that's fine. And I'd like to quickly respond to one point that those people are making that I think is an important thing to say. Um, 
and and then we'll take some calls at 301-230-0980 and we can talk uh, caller to radio host and, and go through whatever points it is that you, the callers, want to get to. But the idea that this is just capitalism in action belies the fact that there is another way and is also a straight-up lie within itself. Ted Leonsis moving his teams to Virginia from D.C. And this would be true if they were in Virginia and he was moving them to D.C. This was true when the commanders left RFK for Landover. This was true when the Wizards left Baltimore for Landover and Landover for D.C. in the first place. This happens in America because American sports are not capitalism. American sports are oligarchy. To be very clear, oligarchy is when a small group of people controls all of the power and often with it money. But in this case, we're talking about the power, right? If Stan Kroenke wants to move the Rams, something that people in St. Louis had been rooting for for decades, even though they initially stole them from L.A., back to L.A., he's allowed to do that because... It's an oligarchy. He has the power. It's not just that he could make more money in L.A. and thus capitalism. Because capitalism requires competition. In Europe, in soccer, if I want, if let's say I was a bloke living in South London. I don't even know if South London's the best part of London. I'm a bloke living in London. And I want to start a soccer team. And me and my friends start a soccer team. And we go into what's called a non-league league, right? So we're, we're in like the seventh tier of English football, English soccer, right? So we're like playing against other non-professional teams. We're not paying anybody. Like it's just amateurs out there playing. But we're in a league and we win the league. Well, now we go up a league, Okay. Now, and this happens in, you know, youth, whatever. You go up a level, down a level with your your team, um, but they're not connected to the professional league because it's youth sports. But, like, in adult rec sports, imagine if, like, a Volo, you know, flag football team could win enough that they wind up playing in the NFL. That's how it is in England. Now, the economics are completely different, and now with so much of the foreign wealth money uh, you know, foreign governments basically owning teams like Newcastle and Manchester City, like the chances that those teams are going to fall out of the Premier League or whatever. Like, I realize that we're talking in like the most extremes of hypotheticals here, but there are teams that have been out of league football down in the fifth tier that have made it all the way back up to the Premier League. A Luton Town right now in the Premiership, in the Premier League, the top league in England within the last decade and a half was playing in the fifth tier of English football. If you've watched Welcome to Wrexham, you very much understand this. And what you see is competition truly driving it. Matters on the field, it matters off the field what you do. Because in London, there's like six Premier League teams. And if Chelsea continues to fall on their face, well, certainly there's an extreme amount of loyalty amongst the fans. If they... They might just be like, you know what? I can go across the street basically and root for Fulham, and I'm, I I would rather root for Fulham, or Arsenal, or Crystal Palace, 
Why? Because there's legitimately six Premier League teams in London. That's not how it works here. There's 32 NFL teams, and the only, like, yes, New York uh, and LA have two apiece, but there's not going to be another DC NFL team fighting for your attention, which is why Dan Snyder was able to act like a clown for 25 years with very limited repercussions and then sell the team for $6 billion. It's why Stan Kroenke can take the Rams out of St. Louis and just go to L.A. Because all the other owners just care about the money. And it's purely financial, but it's controlled by the small number of people, and thus it is oligarchy, not capitalism. Capitalism requires competition. And there's a whole bunch of other problems in this country that are related to the deregulation when it comes to competition and capitalism where you have a bunch of monopolies in a bunch of different places. But sports has been like that in America forever. But because of the finances now, teams do this stuff, where they make moves based off money, not what's actually best for the fans. Nobody used to move sports teams unless they were legitimately failing. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we can go make more money somewhere else. Let's move the team. It doesn't happen in the rest of the world. And so, again, is it is that a little overstated comparing, or a lot overstated, uh, if I were to be comparing Cronky uh, moving the Rams to and from L.A. and the Capitals and Wizards being moved to and from D.C. to Virginia? Yes, that would be a way over, uh, way over, uh, you know, balancing two sides of an equal sign. It's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying the system that allows that to happen is the same one that says, oh, yeah, Leontis can just move his team to Virginia. And and we're all just supposed to accept it. I just reject that premise. I reject the premise that we have to just let the rich guy make more money. And David Aldridge wrote this. I thought incredible. There was a bunch of great columns, so many great uh, takes on this. David Aldridge in The Athletic was phenomenal. Barry's for Luga in The Washington Post was phenomenal. And one of the things that David said was essentially, forgive me if I would prefer a different outcome than Ted Leonsis dying a little bit more rich. And that's what we're talking about here. I do not have any any grudge against Ted Leonsis for wanting to make money. I, in fact, want him to make money because that means he's running a healthy business. And it's eventually going to help him win which is the thing that most of us care about the most. As long as you're, you know, you you cross the line, the threshold of decency in your building, unlike what was happening in Ashburn, um, that as long as that is met, then winning is the next most important thing. And with that said, like I don't begrudge Leonsis for making money. I begrudge him for prioritizing money, for trying to maximize his profit as opposed to balancing making a profit with what is actually best for the fans for a thing that we share communally, even if he is the one who technically owns it. So yes, if you want to pick apart on semantics when I say the team belongs to the people, yeah, of course it belongs to Leonsis 
on the legal paperwork. Spiritually, culturally, emotionally, belongs to everyone who's a DC sports fan. And a rich guy maximizing his richness is, in my opinion, is not, should not be how that asset is treated. This isn't some holding company. This isn't venture capital. This is a sports team. It works because of the fans. It works because of the economy created around it. And so making sure that those people, your customers, the fans are served should be the first thing that matters with your profits coming somewhere after. And yes, you can do both. It's just which do you prioritize? And I think Leonsis is telling us that he is prioritizing the money. Some people will, won't, won't fault him for that. I do. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. When we get back, your calls, 301-230-0980. 301-230-0980. The Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980. Always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Taking your calls as we stream live on YouTube too at the Team 980. 301-230-0980 is the phone number. 301-230-0980 on Ted Leonsis taking his teams to Virginia. Um, there's another thought I want to get to on this in a minute too, which is why do we just accept the fact that these two teams have to move together? Um, and by the way, this is backed up potentially. Uh, is there a window open to not do that? Uh, with something that was said by Monumental Sports COO and President of Business Operation Jim Van Stone yesterday on Grant and Danny. Jim will join us tomorrow, and I will certainly be asking him about this. Uh, but do do these two teams need to actually move together? Or could we solve a problem here with a little creative thinking? Uh, 301-230-0980 is our number, though, if you would like to call in. Have, didn't get a chance to talk to you guys on the phones yesterday, so let's do it today, starting with Ricardo. Ricardo, thanks for calling. You are on The Hoffman Show. All right, Craig, a pleasure to talk to you. Happy holidays to you and your family and my main man, Anthony Haney, the super producer. But look, uh, yeah, you mentioned David Aldridge's uh, column in The Athletic, uh, and he mm -hmm. couldn't have said it any better. Uh, really, uh, I, I encourage anybody to read that column. Uh, and as a native Washingtonian, like David Aldridge is, I think he is, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he is. He, he He's expressing exactly how we feel as Washingtonians, uh, especially, you know, I hate to put the race issue in it, but it is an element to this, especially black Washingtonians. Uh, and we got this carpetbagger owner. And uh, then, you know, part of that story that David Aldridge uh, mentioned uh, was the young sister, you know, irritated about the, the guys uh, playing, you know, playing the drums outside and, you know, uh, playing on the buckets and yep. you know that's a DC thing. It almost reminds me of the mute DC deal uh, on U Street, or Florida mm -hmm. Avenue and Seventh uh, Street. You know, with the you know the uh, gentry fries, they don't like that, and you know that was a bad, bad, bad look uh, for Leonsis to even uh, even meant, you know even to have some irritation about that man. Uh, uh, and, and and yeah, what you also mentioned as far as Rado, both teams have to move. Yeah, I wanted to try to bring that up. Looks like I'm you guys are the only show I can get on. <laughs> I'm seem to be censored on all the other shows. 
But, uh, yeah, why do both teams have to move? But, you know, this is an urban thing a little bit with the basketball. It's a lot more uh, diverse crowd uh, that would enjoy staying downtown, you know. And if the Caps, and I follow the Caps, but not that much, really. That's not really my sport, really. But I, I definitely root for them. And when they're winning playoffs, I, you know, I'll watch, but not so much during the regular season. That's not what I really grew up. Uh, 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 really watching per se, but you know I do follow them, and then you know I'm a supporter. But sure. yeah, well, why, why do we have to move both teams? Yeah, why can't we be creative? Leave, leave the Wizards downtown. You know, it's this whole separate crowd. I've been to Caps games and a couple, and let's just let's just be real. <laughs> I mean, you can count the amount of you can count the amount of people on one hand that you know people of color that go to them games. Right now, you know, I'm sure the Cap fans will follow you know down to Alexandria, and that's fine. That's yeah. cool. That's and frankly, cool. more of them live there anyway. Like the de- we have the data. Yeah, you know the yeah. De- the yeah. demographics yeah. already right. suggest that people from Virginia right. are coming into Caps games at a much higher rate uh, compared okay. to the crowd at a Wizards game. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You know what I mean? Now, I'm a partial season ticket holder. have been for several years now, but mm-hmm. I can't see renewing, you know, if they do move to Virginia. Uh, I don't even know if I would really be going to many games. I know it's a little, you know, it's not, I mean, that name. Well, Ricardo, let me ask you this real quick before I let you go because we yes, do sir. have some other calls. Sure. Is that yes, like, I don't want to call it pettiness because that makes it sound like it's unwarranted. Is that, or is it like logistics because it's just going to be that much harder for you to go? Well, it will be a little harder, but, you know, it may sound a little petty, but, you know, uh, you know, I would bring up the DMV statement and I'm, I'm 65 years old, Craig, this DMV mm-hmm. thing is relatively, relatively new to me and people my age, when you add in the V, it's just like, okay, just, that was like a different, I know times have changed and I need to change with the times, <laughs> but the Virginia part, the V part of the DM, that's it's relatively new for us old school Washingtonians, man, but you know, uh, maybe it's a little petty, but, uh, you know, it's like in David Aldridge's uh, column. He say, okay, we might feel a little uncomfortable coming down there. That was part of his column. For sure. If you, if you, you know, but thanks, Craig. I really appreciate yeah, you. Absolutely. My main man, Anthony Hanks. Thank <laughs> Thank, thanks, Ricardo. I appreciate the call um, a lot. I think that's a perspective that needs to be heard. I will say this. Um, I am someone who moved to the, the DMV, uh, and in fact, it was to rest in Virginia in 2015. Um, That is how long I've been here. I'm never shy about the fact that I'm a transplant. I also am never shy about the fact that I have fallen in love with this city and plan on staying here um, as as long as I possibly can. You know, you never know what's going to happen with work, family, whatever. But if you told me I'm going to live in the D.C. area the rest of my life, I'm pretty psyched about that. Um, I lived, I chose Reston because it wasn't that far from Ashburn and I was hired to cover the football team and I knew I needed to be in Ashburn. And I prioritized a short commute for myself over other things. But I will distinctly, like the busker uh, slash, you know, uh, street performer side uh, complaint from Leonsis that has made its way into multiple reports. um, I just, I think that it kind of, it does embody some of what we're talking about here, which is to say, like, when I remember when I got off the Metro for the first time to go to Capital One Arena and hearing the go-go music and hearing, um, you know, the street performers and and having that feel and that energy walking into a game. And, of course, the team was better then, too, which tends to help things. 
and and getting off the metro before playoff games um, in 2016 with with Beal and Wall at the peak of their powers and. And we all thought they'd win that series against Boston. Like, I remember going to those games, and the second you get out of that Metro stop at Gallery Place and you hear the go-go music on the, on the, the buckets outside, to me, that is not a nuisance. That is not as an, an annoyance. That is a feature, not a bug. Like, that is something that is so quintessentially D.C. that I love. That I was like, oh, this has flavor. This has style. This has personality and character. This is DC. And I hate to, and I don't even hate to say this. I just would remind folks like, people in DC are not more important than people in Maryland or people in Virginia. But the Maryland and Virginia parts of this matter because of the DC part of it. This is the city. It all starts here and then it goes out from there. And I realize that populations are shifting and that that might change. And that 50 years from now, I mean, I still think D.C. is going to be the nation's capital and, like, obviously it's going to be extremely important because of that. But locally, if you told me 50 years from now that, like, Tyson's Corner is seen as a more centrally located and and incredibly important thing because of the way populations have shifted and businesses have shifted and everyone's kind of out there at that epicenter or at that, that cross-section of 66 in the Beltway, then I wouldn't be stunned. But let's not forget where it started and the fact that this is centralized in the district. And that should matter here on top of the history. And as Ricardo said, on top of the racial lines. Like what I'm about to say is a fact. How you interpret it is up to you. But a rich white dude just took something that a lot of black people in D.C. love and moved it to a white area. That is a fact. What you do with that information, whether you think that's relevant or all at all, is up to you. But that is true as a fact. I happen to think that's not a good thing. Ricardo, uh, a black man in D.C. who's 65 years old and loves his wizards and loved his bullets before that, agrees as well. Someone else might be like, hey, man, times change. Demographics change. Is what it is, bro. And... You know, if that's your opinion, that's your opinion. But to not mention that and to not talk about all of the different things uh, is, I think, super relevant. And also, like, I'm not trying to simplify it just down to that, to be very clear. I think something that Jim Van Stone said yesterday is pretty fascinating, which is, like, there's nothing D.C. could do because we want a campus. And if that's the case, like, there is nothing D.C. can do because you can't build a campus here. The land's taken. You can't expand around Capital One Arena in a way that you can build this thing from scratch in Virginia. So there's a lot to talk about. We'll continue talking about it um, way over the clock. So take a break. Come back. Take more of your calls. 301-230-0980. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980. Always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Not centered on the camera. We stream live on YouTube at the Team 980. Got to fix that. Can't be all crooked. Can't be over here. I'd be head on. Uh, again, also, if you miss any part of the show, uh, we put up the highlights on YouTube at Craig Hoffman. We also uh, definitely monitor the comments section on YouTube, which uh, will come in handy today. We didn't do Never Read the Comments yesterday. We will do it today, 6 p.m. So looking forward to that. Our NFL tiers, uh, we will talk about at 530 
Uh, let you know what else is coming up on the show as we go as well. But back to the phones we go. It's the Ace Law listener line at 301-230-0980. If you're in a wreck, Ace Law helps you get a check. Call 8888-ACE-LAW. Let's go to Tim. Tim, thanks for calling. You are on the Hoffman Show. Maybe. Anthony, I might need your help because my... There we go. All right, Tim, now we got you. Uh, my, oh. my computer program froze. My, my apologies. Oh. oh, okay. Thank you. Good afternoon. I just want to say that, you know, under the Ted Leonsis regime, as far as the wizards are concerned, um, I don't want to go to general manager, general manager, because these switches were made under Ted Leonsis. But they did not trade Bradley Beal when they should have. Mm-hmm. They gave him a huge contract and no cut clause for over five hundred million, and then he goes. Ted Leonsis goes to beg the city for six hundred million, um, and I also feel that he, he, meaning Ted Leonsis, complains about that mortgage. Well, you know, he should, should, and I'm sure he is smart enough to know what he was getting into Correct. when he bought the arena. If you didn't know what the mortgage was, then there's a serious problem. I, and, I think he knows. But, he just doesn't like it. He no, else, no, I know he knows. Yeah. It, but to complain about it, um, you know, he may have a good point. I understand that. But you, your eyes are wide open when you bought the arena and the team. Correct. And it just seems to me that under his regime, the Wizards – have have been really not very good at all. You can't you that, cannot say. Yeah, that, that is they, that is very correct. Uh, Tim, thanks for the call. Um, just a house housekeeping thing on on Tim's point. Um, Bradley Beal and his no trade clause contract were not for five hundred million, and also you can't you can't take money that's supposed to go to players and spend it on an arena because there's a salary cap and a collective bargaining agreement, and fifty percent of your basketball related income has to go to the players. Um, I think it's still 50-50 because those are the bylaws by which the NBA is is done. So that's not how any of that remotely works. To Tim's larger point, yes, he has terribly mismanaged the basketball of the franchise. And I think at times, this is an important point, because he was trying to make money. And again, this is hard, like it's hard to nail down exactly But Ted managing the Wizards has been extraordinarily risk-averse from not firing people to always making sure they're trying to just get a little bit better so they can make the playoffs. And I think a lot of us have thought that's because making the playoffs is very lucrative. And you can convince yourself if you're in the playoffs that you're close, that you're one move away, that you're, you're injury luck away, that you're whatever. What we know about the NBA is that's not remotely the case that you have to take big risks, big swings. You have to relentlessly pursue star players and, like, the best five players on the planet-level star players, not John Wall, Bradley Beal star-level players. Two guys that could have helped you win a title if they had someone better than them there. And maybe there was a time that it felt like Wall was going to approach that, but he he clearly never was there, and they never found a way to to be a destination. And I think this is a part of it, too. I'm curious uh, if this is helpful in the long term because they feel like they can recruit players to play at this new arena with the new practice facility and the new everything better than they can in D.C. 
But I think the problem for D.C. is not facilities, is not any of that. There's no history of winning here. The team stinks now, and it's been mediocre for most of the last 40 years, if not bad. It's never been good. They've never made it past the second round since the 90s, and very rarely before then. Like this, you've got to either be New York, LA, Miami, or have the history of a place like Boston. I guess Chicago fits this bill as well. If you want free agents to be there and to stay there when you draft them. And between not drafting well enough and not being remotely attractive to free agents, both because you don't have the roster and you don't have the history, then. Like, what do you expect? And by the way, that also impacts the economics because if this team was good, more people would have been showing up and and this would be a very different discussion. And I will say this too about the Capitals, not to leave them out of this. You know, a lot of people are like, well, he's managed the Caps well. Has he or did he have Alex Ovechkin? And obviously, I think he's managed the Caps better than the Wizards and he's one of the things that I think Leon should be commended for is his loyalty. I think that's, I've, I've said this before, I don't know that Leonsis' loyalty has always served him in terms of winning hockey or, or basketball games, but I think it's an admirable trait as a human being. He honors contracts. He does not push to fire people in the way that emotionally, reactively, a lot of other owners do. And I, I genuinely admire that about him, that he has patience. However, he has been extremely loyal to a core that is now aged out. Um, and we'll see, obviously, what happens with Ovechkin. Um, and he'll be a capital for life, as he should be. Um, but at what cost in terms of winning, a la Kobe with the Lakers at the end? Um, can they rebuild around him? And, you know, Ovi's still scoring goals at a great clip, so that seems relevant as well. Um, but when you have an all-time great player and you had a number one seed caliber team every year, I... I'd probably guess a lot of hardcore Caps fans are like, I can't believe we only have one Stanley Cup. And I know hockey playoffs are wild to get hot goaltenders and the whole deal. But like when you were good for a decade, great for a decade and a half and you come out with one, it's kind of disappointing. So, you know, that seems relevant too along the way. Um, Let's go to Jamie. Jamie, thanks for calling. You are on the Hoffman Show. Jamie. Yeah. yeah, I'm here. Am I supposed to turn my radio down in the car? Uh, yes, please. And then, uh, and then you're live okay. on the air. So let's uh, let's get it moving. Okay. All right. Talk on the phone here. Well, my feeling is there's so many different layers to all this. I mean, I go way back. I remember back in the days when the teams were out at Largo, and sure. they struggled to have any attendance, and they weren't very good. Poland went to Fiji County, and he said uh, he listed like eight reasons how he could stay there because he didn't want to move out of the area. He had loyalty to the area and they had to give him tax incentives. And then when he came downtown, uh, to the Chinatown area, you know, back in those days, people wouldn't go to Chinatown. And, you know, when he put the arena there, uh, it completely turned it around. And then, uh, I think the city gave him some great tax incentives. So it was a good deal for both of them, but I, I'm not happy. I don't like the way Leonsis is doing this and taking the team to Virginia, but the city has to take a little responsibility too, I think. Um, you know, we, 
I have a business on Connecticut Avenue. You walk up and down the city, there's so many empty storefronts there. I have friends, clients that had businesses on 8th Street Northeast. They had to close their restaurants now because the crime was so bad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the city is kind of, after the fact, is kind of coming forward and saying that, uh, you know, maybe we'll do more. Maybe we'll kick in more. But uh, D.C. generally is, is not a business-friendly city. So, uh, you know, on one hand, uh, I think Leonsis is abandoning the city and, you know, taking his uh, marbles and going over to Virginia. But on the other hand, D.C. has to take some of that responsibility, too. Hey, Jim, you're, well, or Jamie's, uh, you're, you're very correct on a lot of that, and I appreciate the call. And that is a topic that I want to explore more today. And uh, one of the Washington Post reporters who covers the district and the government in D.C. locally is going to join us at 5 o'clock to do just that. What I would simply say quickly, though, and, and we can take some more calls, and I'm going to think about this a little bit more during the break in, in terms of uh, a larger point, and I'll expand on it next uh, along with some more of the calls, is what is happening in D.C. is not unique to D.C. There are closed storefronts in every major city in America, especially in, in business districts, because we just went through a cataclysmic international event in COVID-19. The pandemic changed everything. And I do not think that like intellectually, societally, we have done a good job of, of realizing that. Like, it's not, it's not Europe after World War II, like where they had to rebuild entire, you know, if you go to certain parts of certain countries in Europe, it's like, wow, all these buildings are so new. It's like, yeah, because they got bombed to smithereens. And like, we're not talking about a war destroying a country, but somewhere below that in terms of cataclysmic seismic shifts, we lost how many people like human lives just disappeared over the course of that 2020, 2021 timeframe and businesses changed because we realized with modern technology, we could operate more efficiently in a lot of ways from home. And one of the biggest uh, entities that did that is the federal government. They they were forced to operate from home and went, wait, we can do this. So why would we spend all this money on office space? Now, I will say this. If you want to fix D.C., if you're out there listening and you used to uh, work in D.C. and now you work from home, you want to play a part in, in fixing D.C., come back to work. I wouldn't want to. I don't think that's your individual responsibility, but that would be the easiest way to do it. Metro ridership is cut in half. Take the Metro, go to work. Buy a, buy a, a sandwich at your local lunch shop. That would fix it. I don't think that's the, that's a good plan because I think there's a lot of other impacts. You know, a lot of that money now, your local lunch shop in your neighborhood might get your lunch money instead. I don't think that's a bad thing. It's a bad thing for D.C. It's a bad thing for the lunch shop on F Street. But if you live off of uh, Sunrise Valley in Reston, maybe that restaurant's doing better because more people are working from their suburban homes. And they Uber Eats, and that's good. You know, the delivery drivers have a little bit more to do. Like, there's, it's a shifting economy. But it's so new that we don't know how to, how to handle it yet. We don't know what the next plan is, which is why this is so fascinating. Like, the model that Capital One was built off of is the Camden Yards model. 1992, Larry Lucchino, and this is, I, I'm saying this with a, a great mastery because I went to broadcast school and learned how to speak with mastery. 
But this is something that I'd always kind of heard about, but didn't fully understand until researching this yesterday. So I'm just I'm putting I'm being fully transparent with you, the audience. But Larry Lucchino, who was the president of the Baltimore Orioles, had this idea essentially that if he built a ballpark in a business district and then encouraged bars and restaurants to build up around it, people would get off of work, go to the bars and restaurants, and then go to the game. And he was dead right. And thus, for the next 25 years, that's what happened. People built arenas in business districts, and that model worked. But technology changed, the pandemic changed everything, and we live in a different world now. And what we have to, like what Leonsis is trying to figure out and what we're all trying to figure out is what's the new model? Is it suburban? Is it still urban, but maybe it's in a more residential area and the people that live there just kind of understand that's part of the deal? Like this is new territory. And for that, I am willing to have some level of empathy and sympathy and whatever as Leonsis makes this move and is kind of at the the front edge of this in in a new world at the same time the cultural element doesn't change culturally you're still pulling the wizards out of dc and the caps but culturally it matters more on the basketball side of it you're pulling basketball out of a basketball city and just that to me is a higher on my priority list than it is for a lot of other people uh, we'll wrap up all this. One or two more calls next before uh, we're joined by someone who covers the D.C. government and can talk about, did they truly fumble the bag here? And what are they doing to try to regain as much of it as they can? Uh, we'll talk to uh, our expert coming up at 5 o'clock. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Uh, again, we'll talk to someone who covers D.C. government on what happened behind the scenes, D.C. City Council, Mayor Bowser's office, to allow the Wizards and Caps to likely leave the district. Uh, groundbreaking in Potomac Yards 2025, uh, planned opening 2028. Uh, one or two more calls, though, real quick. 301-230-0980. Let's go to AP. AP, thanks for calling. You are on the Hoffman Show. Hey, Craig. How you doing? Good, man. All right. Shout out to my man. But, uh, you know, I'm going to go off script real quick and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to keep it real quick because I know you, you know, you have your time constraints. But, um, you know, I'm a graduate of D.C. public schools. And as you already know, I'm an Army veteran of 18 years. So, you know, I, I've grown up in this area. I've, you know, I'm a new father now. My son will be one in a couple of days now. And, you know, I, I, I frequent Instagram, you know, that's like my new CNN or MSNBC or what have you when it comes to news and current events going on in the area. And, um, you know, it's, it's very disheartening just seeing what's going on in my city. And, you know, I'm, I'm also a uh, federal police officer in the civilian world on the civilian sector of federal government. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I always... You know, as I was aspiring to get in that line of work, I always said to myself, I, at first I wanted to give back to my city. You know, I wanted to work for MPD and, you know, because I felt like being the young person that I am, I could give back to the community. I could try to touch bases with the youth 
that I could somewhat relate to, seeing as I'm close in age. And, you know, with with all the things going on in the city and just how things have changed, especially with the pandemic, it's like we, the community members, we, the people, we have to address the neighborhood first. We have to address our youth first. You know, I've I've noticed there are children raising children, and thus is why we have what we have when we have all these carjackings and, and burglaries and things of that nature going on. Right. And it's like we, the people, have to put our arms around the youth and touch bases with the youth and reach them before we can ask the community leaders to do something for us. We, because we're, we're, we, you know, we have the close eye to the youth and the crime and the things that are going on in our city. And if we can't reach our youth, then once the youth is unreachable, they're lost. And thus we, you know, we now we're begging the community members and the leaders, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. Well, what are we going to do? Well, AP, that's... Before I mean, we can get I, I mad... Am, yeah, I'll let you wrap up real quick. Yeah. I, I am up against the clock, so hit me with your last thought real quick. Yes. Well, I was just going to say, before we get mad about Ted Leonsis leaving and the mayor not keeping him there and what have you, we got to really reach the deep-rooted issue in all of this, and, and it's us. We have to take control of our city and... And when we find things wrong, we have to address it. We got to police up ourselves before we can ask the leaders to police our neighborhoods. And that's all I got. Uh, AP, thanks for the call. Um, I could do many hours on a million things that AP just touched on. Um, as many of you know, I'm very interested in politics. And the reason I mean, I said this yesterday, I, the reason I'm interested in politics is not because I like horse races. If I wanted a horse race or a scoreboard, I'd watch sports. I hate how political coverage is often about the politicians and not the policies and the, peop- the things that people do um, as leaders for communities all across the country. Um, the balancing of, of the rural and the urban and the suburban and, you know, all these things. But I would say this. Um, we all have an individual responsibility, of course, um, but leaders lead. And this is why I was so, like, touched is, is not really the word I'm looking for, but I'm running out of time, and that's what I'm going to use. I was so touched by the line in David Aldridge's column that talked about how Leonsis leaving feels like an abandonment. And in order for the community to rally around itself, to lift up and, and help solve some of the problems that AP just t- just touched on, it'd be nice if you felt like you had allies and leadership. And in a time because of the pandemic where a bunch of problems were exacerbated and even more were created around education, around poverty, around all of these things, it would have been really nice for Leonsis to go, you want to know what? This this isn't good right now. We do have issues in this city that we need to fix, but I'm going to stay here and fix them. And I, to Ted's, uh, to, to Ted, to fairness, I think he is going to claim that he is. 
that he is going to keep Capital One Arena open and put more events there and help revitalize the, the Chinatown Penn Quarter neighborhood. And he's going to be a part of the solution. I just happen to think that moving the Wizards and the Capitals, but specifically the Wizards, out of that neighborhood is an emotional blow that is going to do a lot of damage that some amount of dollars that he's going to put towards it is not going to be able to fix. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. So from the D.C. side, uh, the government, you know, what what happened so that we, we get here and where do they go from here? We'll talk to an expert next on the Team 980.